Thanks for tuning in again, everybody. We're back with your favorite podcast, Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze. Oh, my. We record this. Memory lane auction. Yeah, the ending as, you know, as we're recording. Interesting stuff, some fun stuff to watch. It's a good day, What's man. your favorite auction house? Oh, Wow. Before we do that, I, best sports card podcast in the world. Please like, subscribe, share, and leave a comment or uh, leave a review. We love you guys. Welcome back to episode 594 of Lucas Tigers and Bronze. Back to yeah. you, Cage. You know what's fun? We're, I was in a Discord. I was in there a bunch of times today, and people were sharing stories. And you know, people were like, oh, and Andrew, here's some ideas for Andrew on weekends like this where there's no sports with quotes, you know? And you know, one of the things. One of the things they, they asked us to do, and I think we definitely do this, one of the things that they asked us to do was kind of do like an in-depth cardboard analysis of um, of a specific player. You know, think about their cards, what was it, you know, have they gone up, have they gone down, mostly for like retired players. And I said I had done that uh, once before um, regarding Jeter cards on slab stocks, you know, uh, and link them to the YouTube video of it. And it kind of went down a rabbit hole in discord where people, you know, a couple people were like, yeah, that's how we found you. That's how I, I watched that video. You guys, that's how I found the podcast. And, you know, I, I never had a podcast that I could listen to, you know, more than a couple times. And you guys, it's the perfect content, the whole nine yards. And it really got people talking about what you were discussing yesterday. Right. Um, and about collaboration and the hobby. Some people took it a different way. A couple people messaged me and, and told me some stories about, uh, collabs that they've done in the hobby that are a little different than yours, more content. Um, you know, New York City cards. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying his name wrong. But he's the one that's doing the. Te- he's a teacher and he's doing the cards in school. And I sent them some cards for the kids in the class. And of course, I'm the idiot that sent like '90s basketball so he could teach him who Akeem Olajuwon was. But he says they've got four different groups going now in different schools. And you know they're expanding it out with other classes. So I guess you know he's a teacher and he brings in basketball cards for his kids in the class. Maybe they do something good in the class, or they have like a club where they trade cards and that kind of stuff in, in school. There might have actually been one that actually went to Bleecker this past week. But in any event, um, he messaged me and he was like, "Yeah, there's plenty of collaboration in the hobby. You know, we I've got other schools doing the same kind of trading group and that kind of stuff." And I, I mean, I love hearing about that, but I know that's not what you meant. What you meant was there's a lot of other people out there with platforms. You know what I mean? And that, you know, like Slamstock's calling and inviting me or uh, you were on a wrestling podcast recently, right, about wrestling cards and stuff. Like, that's the kind of stuff I think. That's that pretty laughable. But it, but it's uh, it's fun to get p- different people's perspectives who don't collect wrestling cards. But I would, it just came with a, came up with an idea. It would be cool Sweet. if you spoke in schools. You know how, like, every once in a while they bring in, like, a guest speaker and it's like, mm-hmm. you know how do trading cards, how does this matter? How does this impact your life? You know, what can you learn from it type of thing? You muted. Those are after school programs or whatever, but be cool if you, if you went in and uh, well, gave a little speech, had some fun with the kids, brought Ian. I would love it. I would totally do that. Listen, it's amazing. I guess because I'm old and fat and whatever else you want to throw onto the equation. And I've lived a, a lot of life. Um, I can't believe we've run. I haven't run out of stories yet. Five hundred ninety-three episodes into this, I still got stories. And you go down this road, and I have a story. You know, uh-huh. I do. I have a story. I was that asshole kid who elementary school would volunteer his dad for everything. The teachers would be like, "Hey, whose dad would jump off the building?" And I'd be like, "My dad would do that twice." You know, like, "Yeah, let's go just volunteer him for anything." Whatever. I remember once I volunteered him for um, to do scenery for our our um, our elementary school play we did charlie and the chocolate factory i've definitely talked about this before and he went to school and he worked for days and he built these huge like floor to ceiling 12 feet high panels that in the were like four or five of them that they hung from the rafters and the first scene was you know in charlie's house and it was like you know a a kitchen and a background and then after intermission you were able to spin them around and the other side of the same panels had the chocolate factory with like candy on the walls, you know, like all kinds of crazy stuff. It was amazing. I, I'll, I'll never forget it to this day. Like, I don't know how the hell he did it. I couldn't do it. That's why it's been not volunteer me to do something lunacy like that. But anyway, it was really cool. And I remember going back to the school, you know, decades later, and they were still using that scenery. They were still using the same setup, the same stuff. What right? was your dad's favorite card? What was your dad's favorite card to collect? You know what's funny? My dad collected cards as a kid, um, and he. Um, 
you know, he, he just lost them all, you know, like played real and put him in bicycle spokes. His favorite player was a Brooklyn Dodger by the name of Carl Ferrillo. So not somebody anybody, you know, anybody's going to know, but that was his guy. He was a Brooklyn Dodgers fan, which was weird because obviously, you know, I like the Yankees. Um, Brooklyn Dodgers and Yankees were kind of rivalries. Uh, it was a, they were rivals in the 50s. So that, that's a little interesting. He was a huge Duke Snyder fan, which was great for me as a young kid trying to buy him Father's Day presents and, and birthday presents because Duke Snyder got into some tax problems where he owed the IRS a lot of money. So his autographed baseball was like 50 bucks, 30 bucks. It made it easy for me to go out and buy. Like I didn't have to buy a mantle ball for my dad. So that was great. But that's not the story. Here's the story, right? I volunteered my father for career day once. And my dad worked at the New York Stock Exchange for a long time, like his whole career. Um, you know, and so he went in to talk about, you know, what it was like on the trading floor and, and what he did and, you know, how he watched the trading and you name it, the whole deal. But my class had career day early in the morning and it was lined up for career day to come in, you know, four or five different sessions of different grades. And I'll never forget the teacher going up to my dad at the end of my class saying, you know, we've had a lot of parents cancel on us. So would you mind staying and, you know, doing, uh, you know, a couple of sessions? He's like, all right, I took the day off. And I didn't see him for the rest of the day because we moved on, you know, we went back to our classroom and he stayed in the auditorium. So he came home that night. I remember telling the story. He was he was a fireman. He was a stunt man. <laughs> I mean, he basically just all right. I, yeah, I'm a fireman. I put out fires. You know. Meanwhile, if you saw this guy, it's completely unbelievable that he'd be a fireman. You know, he was like six five, like like 350 pounds. Like he carry out a fire definitely but i don't i don't want him going up a ladder or anything like that it's been not a good thing so anyway i guess he pretended to be a million different things a career day and you know you're in elementary school you buy it you know i'm a farmer you know what, what i'm hearing is he's always supported you and it's kind of the yeah. relationship you have with ian now like you guys are best 100%. buddies 100 well, i would do that i would i would love to go to school and pretend did you and your dad have matching haircuts is that that's the question we had he had a very good hairline so we definitely, we definitely went, I had the kind of haircut he had when he was my age. Um, right now, I don't think he, he probably would have something like this if he was still around. That hasn't been with us in like 20 years. So. Pretty much, pretty much. He, 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 Staten Island Slick would be a good nickname for him. I should have called him that. But anyway, I digress. But it was a good idea. And I think we're going to start doing that. And I definitely I started already. I have the research. I already have five cards built up for what we're going to call cardboard relevant and figure out how we're going to deliver that to Luca Nation. Um, and, you know, do kind of a deep dive on five cards. Well, I'm going to do 20 at least, but I already have five done with the research, the charts, um, three-year, five-year, all kinds of fun stuff of cards that I think, you know, if you come into some money and you want something safe in your portfolio to offset some more prospecting, some rookie stuff, soccer give me, guys. Give, give, give me one. Can you give me one? You want one you right now? Sure. sure. Sure, the one I researched today, 100%. So Cal Ripken was one. Cal Ripken Jr. was the one that I researched today. Two cards, right? How come we've been in the hobby for two years and I've heard Cal Ripken's name like twice? It's crazy. Yeah, but he is like, you know, he's a, he's a, he's an all-time great and he's he's like buying a savings bond, right? And the two cards for him, the 82 tops and the 82 tops traded. And it's an interesting one. We, we've talked about this. Um, it's one that actually bucks the trend. People tried this with basketball cards. You know, you talk about the 81 tops that has the magic bird and Julius Irving, you know, the 80 tops one. And then you have the 81, the one the year later where they finally have magic and bird by themselves. And I'm not saying that's a cheap card, but you know, the PSA 10 of magic, you know, going in for a layup, people were paying a lot of money for that and saying, Oh, that could be a better card than the, then the so the same thing here in 82 tops. So you go from the traded one first. That's the trade. If you go to the 82 tops, you'll see that it's it's a Baltimore rookie card with three pictures on it, sort of like a future stars type of card. There it is, right there. And cows in the middle, right? Great card. <laughs> Bob <rookie>. Boner. Bob <laughs> Boner's card, on the card. <laughs> that card was actually in the the regular set. You can get it in packs. You get it in this in the complete set. And then they gave him his own card in the tops traded set. And that's the Which, one you pulled up earlier. 
And that card there, there's not a lot of those in PSA. Three ninety-seven. Yeah, it goes for, for like five grand. But if you pull out this the chart here, forget about the spike. It's like everything else. If you just go, you'll see that it, you take that spike, shave that spike right off the top. You'll see that it's one of these like steady growers. You know, it's one of those things where you know that card. When I got back into the hobby, they were everywhere for about two grand. Um, I never picked one up. The other one was about one grand, maybe you know eight hundred if you were lucky, you could find one. And, um, you know, they basically just go like this. This card's probably five or $6,000 now, the top's traded one. And in, in a couple years, um, it'll be a five-figure card. It's just one of those things where you can just lock it up. And, you know, 397 of these, if you believe, forget about, you know, whether you think the hobby's going to 10X, right? If you believe the hobby's going to grow, this is one of those cards the population is set on. There's not going to be way more than 397. Could we get to 402 in a couple of years? Sure, right? But it's not the kind of card that anybody sent to BGS. It's not the, I don't know, BVG. Um, and you know, while there probably are a couple in SGC, this is one the pop is where it is, and people know who this guy is. You know what I mean? He he became even more relevant because of the little leagues named after him. You know, Cal Ripken leagues. You know, that's like a certain age of of baseball. Um, so that was the one I researched today. Those two, I have some ideas. Believe it or not, the nines are are touchable on those um, as well, and they have very similar charts. I'm trying to, you know, take the research and, and bring it down a little bit because not everybody can afford a four-figure card in this whole call board relevant. But you just gave one away for free, man. You gave one away for free. This is going to be like bonus stuff. But it's good that we did this because my play today is a little What makes him cardboard relevant, right? So, like, Mickey Mantle, he's out of sight, out of mind, but one of the greatest players of all time. Cal Ripken Jr., one of the greatest players of all time. But there's also the provenance of the behind the, the cards. You know, they yeah. were thrown into the Hudson River. Well, is there a point? Yeah. Right. Is the there a, a point in time with Cal Ripken that you know we look at him as mantle? Is is this a fifty thousand? No, it card? won't be. It won't be mantle per se. I mean, I don't know. If he's got a kid who might play or something like that. You know, keep him relevant that way. Um, but he he comes from a baseball royalty family. His dad was a manager. His brother played. He played, um, and. You know, it's 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 one of those things where you know he's definitely relevant that way. But I'm I'm gonna tell you, um, shortstop, great hitting shortstop, a ton of hits, over three thousand hits. Um, why he remains relevant, I think, is for people like you, right, who might not have seen him play, but preach. Or how about Buster? You know, Buster, who is Hoop Nation, right? He preaches no days offsies. This guy will one day be the poster child for Buster's no days off season. I know it's not a basketball player, right? But in a time of, of load management, take that and be as dirty as you want about it. Um, Cal Ripken was a poster child for consistency. He set the record for consecutive games played. He broke Lou Gehrig's record. And he didn't take days off. He didn't stop playing. He showed up every single day and gave it his all and played as an all-star. That's the kind of thing that carries over. And, you know, it's it's something that remains relevant in the future. And maybe there'll be an Iron Man type of player who will who will, who will chase that record. Doubtful. But maybe there will be, right? And and if there is, Cal Ripken's name becomes relevant again. You know, people don't play 162 games for multiple seasons anymore. It's just not something that hey, happens. Baseball's tough. Baseball's tough. Like, I used to – so for a short period in time, I was making money refereeing soccer games. And if anyone who referees indoor soccer specifically knows you don't move around a lot no. and just standing still for three, four hours was harder on my body than running around for hours. I, I couldn't explain it. <laughs> it and basically, think about it. seven it's days like a, a week, you, ball, right? It's like a different ball. For sure. Seven days a week of baseball, some days at six of every day you go out there, you do batting practice and you stand in the field, the hot sun. So makes sense. I want to one topic, tactical, yeah. very specific. Let's help some people out. So I think raw cards are going to come back. I think the issue with raw cards is not that we don't want to buy raw cards, is that over the last year, year and a half, there hasn't been a good place to exchange them. Mercari yep. had a blip on the radar, whatever I call it. eBay, eBay's messaging service is like predates AIM. Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. I think it does predate AIM. That's why. It, really literally. It's not even messenger cage. It's literally emails. You know, you have to go back and see what did this person say. And with raw cards, we all know condition is so important. And we don't need to know this is going to be a PSA 10. All we need to know is, does it have a chance? Is there any, you know, blemish or something that as the seller, you could let me know before I buy it? 
so I could make an informed buying decision. Help people out. For people who don't want tens and people who just want the cards, people want it for their collection. As long as you're being honest and you're saying this is what it is, it's a place to buy. Go for I get it. Help people out right now. Uh, how should they, you know, step one, two, three? How should they think about it? Buying raw cards in 2022. How should they do that the right way so that, you know, we well, can help them listen, turn the SGC? You, you've so. done a little research on this. Maybe we have them on the show. Who knows? But, you know, we, we, we talk with my slabs, right? Yep. Aren't they bringing out a raw marketplace now as well? Yes, they are. I didn't, I didn't research it crazy today because I was, <laughs> I was knee deep in Cal Ripken. But it does look like they are doing a similar model to what Starstock came out with when they kicked their platform off. And, you know, grading the cards, basically like, hey, you know, they're not doing the grading. They're asking people to do it. It's almost like a self-policing type thing. You know, put it in, no returns. You know, I think this one's got a chance to 10. I think this one's not going to 10. I think this one's near mint-mint, you know, with letter grades and that kind of stuff. And be a marketplace for raw, which, you know... You put enough pictures in there and whatnot, people can make their own decision. But I do believe that there is a, a, a need for that in the hobby. I mean, people do want to buy raw cards. You know what I mean? And if you're not going to kill the fees, and we talked yesterday a little bit about eBay raising their prices, raising their fees, and it's going to be a kind of, you know, here you go, here's the card, done. Um, my slams, let me ask you, raw cards. They're not going to be housing them, right? It's just now another place like eBay for a seller to list their their cards and sell, right? You don't have to send it to right. my slams, right? Okay. You don't. No, no, no. Uh, it's just a platform, and there's a bit of like the self grading mechanism involved. Like, yep. just give it a a borderline criteria. This is, but I always pull up comparable PSA tens, BGS tens, and SGC cards before I buy the card, and I try to compare them side by side, right? Because centering on different cards is different like with a border like the the tops kobe card for example that one's very easy to tell if it's centered or not but cards with no border are a little bit harder to self-grade especially virtually so i i always like to pull up you know what does a perfect gem card look like on the front on the back i also i don't know if you do this with shiny cards i'm a little bit more lenient with surface issues than with paper cards because Sometimes shiny cards have surface issues because people don't wipe them down properly. Yep. You know, a lot of the times, Cage, it's actually dust that's on that surface that's caught. It looks like a blemish to the naked eye. But so do you go through that process? I mean, you've looked at thousands of raw cards. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, um, yeah. You can, yeah, even, it's just a crapshoot. Sometimes things sneak by. Right. We have, uh, you know, I'll reveal them tomorrow at 10 a.m. on whatnot. I'm going to go on. We're going to do a little basketball uh, talk. You're pumped the for All-Star that. Game and that. I am. Only because we got our SGC stuff from February back. And we have one person who subbed three of those uh, Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton, you know, the, the cards with the two of them together, two guys together. He subbed three of them. And, you know, when we were doing group sub, I was wiping the cards down. I was doing this. It's, I want to get them in. I want to get them back. I want to here you go. You know, I, I'm not even taking. If people send them to me in a, in a plastic, whatever it is, I'm putting them together. I'm putting them in, and I'm sending them. For March, I'm going to take a look at the cards. Okay. Because, I'm because, a big believer. Yeah. I'm a big believer in this. I always use a fresh penny sleeve and a fresh card saver. Oh, yeah. And, and and I even put those um those like little posted notes to make it easy for the grader to take it out. Yep. I did this page from the first day I started. Yeah. And the reason someone said that is because when you come off as professional, uh, the grader sees that and he's like, okay, I'm working. This isn't just like some Joe Schmo that's sending me cards. This is someone who wouldn't send me cards that, you know, he didn't review himself or she didn't review himself. So my first bunch of bulk subs, I actually used a label maker and labeled the, the you know, like, you know, I mean, maybe you don't know, but it's like a brother P-Touch. It labels. It actually prints labels. Um, and I you put, like, put the full card name? name on and no, when you did a PSA sub, it was supposed to be sub 103.562 slash one slash two slash line one slash two. And I labeled every wow. 250 cards I labeled with a label maker. I, I can go grab. I still have some of them. Like they sent it back with the label on it on ones like my Derek Jeter, where they said was minimum size. They sent me the card saver back with the label on it. I can show it to you. I got like, it's like a, you know, it's like a clear, you have the black number right, on the card. Go get it. I'll, I'll go into my play real quick and go, go get it. Go show get it? Yeah, why not? Okay. All right. So okay. my play guys is, is, is a little different. And 
this is not a space or a sport that I know really well, but it's um, honestly with no NBA, football's done. There's a little EPL soccer today, so it's fun to watch Tottenham City. I started watching hockey. Um, and, and one guy that people have been talking about for a very long time that I think that they're, they're going to be in the playoffs and they're playing well and they're streaking is the Edmonton Oilers. Right. So before the season, everyone was talking about Connor McDavid, uh, the Oilers team, but they ran into some issues earlier in the season. I, th- I don't think they were playing as well as they could have been up to their potential. Now, remember, I'm not a hockey guy. This is mostly secondary research. So go and, you know, do your own research. But I think uh, this team's on a five game winning streak now. They're in a good position. I believe they're going to make the playoffs. Of course, you don't know in hockey and it's a, it's a completely different game with their like overtime scoring and all that. But as of right now, I'm going to look at their conference. They are in seventh place, 28, 18, and three. So in the West, seventh place, but they're only separated by, what is, let me see here, four points between them and the Minnesota Wild, who is in second place. So think about that, 59 points, Minnesota Wild, 63 points in second place. And let's just even go Calgary, 62 points. So separating them is two, three, four points. And I think this is a team, McDavid's going to get MVP. I think they might find a way to get into a three, four, two, three, or four spot. They're on a five-game winning streak, playing a lot better as the season winds down. There's 32 games left. I think if there's ever been an opportunity to buy into McDavid cards, it's now. So let me pull up his chart for you guys. His card, the Young Guns, is the typical card to get of his. But Connor McDavid, PSA 10, higher pop than I would expect. Higher pop. But if we're comparing this guy, I would say he's probably the Giannis of NHL. Now, you guys out there, send me a DM. I'm learning hockey, so I'm probably making a ton of mistakes here. Feel free to correct me. But I would say that this is a team and this is a guy, MVP, Young team, streaking, reminds me a little bit of the Grizz team right now as well, if, if we go to NBA comparison. The card is pretty expensive, 3500 bucks for his PSA 10. Highish pop, but what I'm seeing, if you look at his chart here, it, it's been relatively flat. It's been relatively flat. This card has been as high as 4000 at different points. Now it's 3500 I think what the people are waiting for is to see a little bit of a playoff run. Something in the playoffs that could, you know, kind of separate him from, all right, this is a good regular season guy who who, who puts up a lot of numbers to this guy could this guy could do some things. And, uh, and so I think what's holding him back is playoff success, not individual success. And when I'm starting to see the team come around, play a lot better, the young guys step into uh, actually, I believe the goal score, the goal leader isn't even McDavid. It's the center guy from Germany. Um uh, I think it's worth a look. Now, I don't know if the Young Guns card is the card that you're going to be able to afford or, or that's the card you're going for. But I think McDavid in general right now, take a look at his market. Do your own research. Take a look at the charts. There may be inefficiencies. Hockey is not something we talk a lot about. But I do believe, and Jay Lee would know a lot better than me, so shoot him at DM. He's always responsive, always welcome, uh, always wants to help people. This might be a play. This might be worth taking a look at. If you want to diversify a portfolio or get into hockey, this might be the way to do it. Now, as we wait for Cage, this is why live is always the best. There's always people commenting or or whatever. So I'm going to pull up the Discord, see if we have any questions to, to go over. Cage. Come on here. Coffee with Cage episodes. I do want, so there was um, a question by our audience, and we've been getting a lot of DMs about this as well. So they asked, are the changes at Starstock indicative of a hobby-wide problem of maintaining a viable marketplace for raw cards? Or do the changes just represent the decision of one company to move in a different direction or both or neither? 
here's what I've seen, and I've, I've talked to a few people I really respect in the hobby. Uh, when when an industry uh, booms like it does, like it did with the hobby, it, it incentivizes a lot of short term behavior. What I mean by that is there was a lot of money flowing into the space, both from cards going up in value, people buying record breaking cards or record price breaking cards, and at the same time investment. So when you see that. Oftentimes, businesses are built to get the next round of investment, not to acquire customers or not to build a community or not to build a long-term relationship with those customers. Um, so I actually don't think it is indicative of the hobby at all. I think the hobby needs a raw card marketplace. I think the, the team, the person, the business that does that will have a lot of success. Maybe raw cards in and of themselves aren't profitable. But it adds a huge service and it allows you to build a relationship with your customers and build loyal customers that you could then turn into other business opportunities. Real quick, I'm just doing I think what the issue with Starstock was is that they were doing short term behavior in a market that needed long term growth building. So, Cage, the question was raw cards and Starstock pivoting away from them. Is that indicative of it being a poor business model to? No, facilitate raw cards, or no, is it? No, it's, and that's it's what I'm saying. Up on something. Well, I think a lot of businesses, Cage, in the last year, they saw investments come into the space. A lot of money come into the space from buying cards to investing in businesses, and I think that incentivizes people to build short-term versus long-term. They want to build for the next round of funding versus how do I really build a value add to my customer and slowly over time grow like the old-fashioned ways. Listen, sometimes the, the first uh, go round on something isn't the right way to do it. I forget, I was talking to my daughter yesterday. We went to 7-Eleven and I was talking about something and she's like, well, th- I mean, they're, they're, not, they're not the first ones to do it. So they're not going to be the best ones. And I'm like, why? Do you use MySpace? She's like, no. So maybe the Starstock model now, and, and listen, we wish them luck, but maybe the Starstock raw model, maybe the problem with it was housing everything. And maybe my slabs get second mover advantage watching that, you know, maybe the way that Starstock did it, they can improve on it by using a marketplace type of thing, you know, self-regulating, raw, um, you know, grading, but now grading not done by, by my slabs, grading done by the seller with a, you know, it, it's going to be kind of like a no returns, but, you know, the seller's going to get one strike and you're out kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like if you get a complaint, wow, this guy said it was a potential 10 and you know, I got it. It looks like a six, you know what I mean? Or a four. Well, we are friendly with my slabs cage and they do review every single seller thoroughly. So th- this, yeah. we're going to have them on the show, uh, but Good. but they do do that. And they, they invested heavily into customer service too. You know, so really quick, I'll just throw this one up. I don't know if you ever basically even be able to see it. I put the white behind it, but you see, there's like an actual label. See, I would put the label on there with the order number or the line number. So it's, you know, difficult, but it's like, la- this got sent back to me on PSA. Were you worried? You took, you took longer than expected. Were you like, Andrew's going to sink or swim? No, no. I had to go down to the basement and find it. I've been cleaning because I, down know, to I've, the been, basement. I've been putting lots together, you know, like tomorrow and whatnot. In addition to some slabs, we're going to do the SGC reveal and I'm going to sell some SGC cards. I'm giving away a LeBron Kobe tribute dunk in an SGC slab to one of our followers. I can now click you must be a follower in order to win. So make sure you're following Luca Nation on whatnot. Otherwise, you can't win. You will, you can try to enter the giveaway, but it won't let you unless you follow. So I got that. I got some other That's cool huge. slabs, you know, SGC slabs. And I put together some lots people were talking about. I got like a lot of 20 Giannis cards, a lot of 20 LeBron cards, a lot of 20 Luca, a lot of 20 Trey. You know, just some all-star stuff. I'm sure it's not going to sell for a lot. If you brought them to a show, you'd probably sell them all for 2 $3 each or whatever it is, and they'll be not. But I'm sure people are going to get them for, you know, for chump change tomorrow. But it's cool. It gets them out of my basement, right? So I found that yesterday when I was doing it. You know, we'll go from there. Um, so um, My play. Can I, I tell you my play real quick, Cage? I thought that's what you were doing. But, but I, before, I, that, I, that, before that, I, I, it was I a hockey I, play. Wow, we could put, give me one sec. We could talk to my slabs about this. I wonder if there's a synergy there. You know, there are people with a lot of cards at slab stocks. Uh, and at, at, I keep calling it slab stocks at star stock. I don't know what you got there. I can't see it. Luca Nation, 4.98 stars. Yeah, it's a full 5.0 rating. 
My rating's 5.0. I don't know where that 4.98 comes from. Somebody gave me less than a 5, I guess. I don't know. Everybody well, gets free. It's curved. It's me. curved down to the, the rest of the sellers, the ones that do giveaways, don't give cards out. So they can just curve it down. I don't know what it is, but we did our giveaway. I mail everything out the day after. You don't know what curving down is? Like no. when in school, you know, teachers were graded with a curve. So yeah, never. I don't care. You're in law I, school. I, I, I want per. I want perfect. I, I don't. You know, and, and if if you're gonna leave me anything other than five, you gotta message me and be like, here's why, and you know, I'll take care of you. Cause that's some bullshit. But anyway, so I wonder if there's a way for people who have their cards at Starstock to sell them on my slips. Like, I wonder if there's a way to do that. Like, you know, um, dude, no one wants to work part. with Starstock, man. No one wants to work with them. There, there should. Um, Ooh, he you should short see the, the messages shitty. I get. Well, no, I mean, we get messages and I feel bad because someone's like, you know, I requested my cards back and they're charging me $400 for 800 cards. Okay, brought that up. Now he requested a withdrawal via PayPal and it's taken him two and a half weeks to get his money. So, I mean, but took here's me two weeks I, to get a check. Two weeks uh, to get here's a check. Here's how I see it, guys. At the end of the day, the truth comes to like truth comes to the forefront. People are who they are, and I would just use this example to look at who runs this company, who's behind the company, who's associated with the company, and I wouldn't do business with those people. So that, that's how I look at it. It sucks. It's terrible. We will do everything in our position to try to make sure people are made whole, but at the same day, man, it just shows people's true colors and what they're all about. And it's a data point. You check that off. You say, okay, that's who it is. Those so tell me people. about your hockey play. All right. You don't want me to keep riffing on. Dude, it was Connor McDavid. Um, I don't know hockey, frankly. And his card is pretty expensive. But if you look at the Oilers, five-game win streak, seventh spot, uh, seventh seed in the West, only like three games separates the seventh and the two seed. And I think they remind me a lot of like the Grizzlies team maybe. Uh, he always had the individual performance. The individual stats, but they want people, I think, in the market wanted to see a little bit more team performance. My issue, and I think this is more of a play of like go do your own research versus buy this card. The young guns card is still expensive, Cage. It's 3500 oh, yeah. bucks. And it's not low pop. There's 2200 of them. So it's like, okay, the market's waiting for this guy to take the next step, but the entry point to buy in, it's it's pretty high anyway. So what's your play? I mean, sometimes this is my play. The discussion. I don't have all your fucking answers. If I had to know how to make a million dollars on every card, I, I would be a millionaire. So the play is with NBA being all-star break, football over, I, I've been watching hockey. I know that the Oilers and McDavid were always, you know, cardboard relevant. People just wanted to see them perform. They're on a five-game win streak. They're surging. They're playing well. This might be a good time that if they get in the playoffs and they can make a little bit of a run, do you see this card go 20, 30, you know, 2,500, uh, 3,500 to 5,000? I don't know. Do your own research. Okay. Get to know some people in the in the hobby. Message Jay Lee. He knows hockey very well. Pick his brain. Say, you know, I can't afford this card of McDavid. What do you recommend? You know, what's the hoops version? What's the second tier? And, and, and learn. I like it. Who do you think wins the NBA slam dunk contest tonight? Cole Anthony. By the time this comes out, Cole Anthony. Okay. Um, and you're, you're excited? Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett. Why Miles Garrett? Did you see, you see him dunking in like the celebrity game? No, but good for him. So Miles a- Garrett, it's amazing. So you think it's cool to see, you know, an athlete in a celebrity game dunk, right? He's, you know, athletic and all nine yards. You think that's a cool thing or no? I don't know how to answer that question, but it's not, not a cool thing. you brought thing. it up. You brought it up, so you must have been like, wow. <laughs> you asked if he was going to win the dunk contest. And I said well, Miles Garrett because he's dunking in the celebrity game. Would it be cool to see Miles Garrett in a dunk competition? I mean, what are some other athletes you think would be cool to see in a dunk competition? Maybe Andrew like, like who's, who's the t- – no, a real athlete. Cage lawyer. Like the, I'm not an athlete. I'm the opposite of an athlete. Dude, go with me here. Miles Garrett. I like the play. Right? I mean, he's an athlete. How about, like, the Watt brothers? You think they can dunk? You think they can put on a dunk competition, maybe? You know, they're, they're athletic. How about, like, I mean, Probably I not. like Trout. How about Aaron Judge? He's a tall guy. You think Aaron Judge can maybe dunk? Maybe Mookie Betts? Mookie Betts, that's an athlete. I know he's a little shorter. Mookie but Betts he, he can dunk. Seven. Nah, Betts can dunk. 
That's a great athlete. Right. And a 300 bowler. Oh, yeah. Trust me. Who else? So who else could you see do it? Who else could you see? Like, I want stars. I want big names in, in, in their respective sports, right? I want, like... Nick Foles. Nick Foles could definitely dunk. You think Nick Foles could dunk? I mean, he's not a star. He's a scrub. Um, no, seriously. He's got great. as many championships as Patrick Mahomes. And as many sure. as that doesn't make him a star. Aaron Rodgers, Trent, Trent Dilfer, and Joe Flacco too. But I don't think any of them could dunk. All right, so I mean, what? See, it's tough, man. It's tough to even envision this because of the money these guys are making now, the contracts they have. I'm even surprised Miles Garrett was out there able to play. You know, I'm sure his contract probably has some provision in it that he shouldn't be playing pickup basketball. But I guess maybe something like this they give him an exception for, or or, or something like that, right? Um, my play today. Believe it or not, you lead me into these things without even knowing. And, guys, we didn't talk about our plays. I didn't know he was going to do hockey. And I definitely didn't know he was going to talk about Miles Garrett. But what if I told you that there are dunk competitions? And, guys, I want you – you could take a minute when I start talking about this and just go on YouTube, right? And when you're there, make sure you like that smash button for us and you subscribe and do all that fun stuff. But what if I were to tell you that there were dunk contests – that had Deion Sanders, Ken Griffey Jr., and Barry Bonds all in the same no way. What if I would do well, That's pull crazy. Up, pull up the that's 19, So in the 80s and 90s, right, the 80s and the 90s, Michael Irvin, Chris Carter, in the same one, 80s and 90s, Foot Locker put on something called the Slam Fest, all right? And in those competitions, the guys I just named were in them multiple times with like a $50,000 prize. And it would sell out and tickets were crazy, you name it. And I'm going to tell you something. These athletes can dunk. My favorite one was in 1992. And I, I, it's great to talk about this now because you guys are going to know this name, right? You guys have watched Mike Conley play basketball. He was an all-star last year. That was Mike Conley Jr. In 1992, Mike Conley's dad, Mike Conley, before there was a junior, was an Olympic gold medalist. He was a triple jumper, all right? He won the 1992 Foot Locker Slam Fest. When people like Cedric Sabalos and Dee Brown were actually dunking in the NBA competition, his dunks were better, right? If you want to, go on YouTube and pull up 1992 Mike Conley dunk. He dunks from beyond the foul line. I'm not talking about Michael Jordan, half a shoe on the line. This guy jumps from before the free throw line and dunks the ball. It was in the finals, him and um, another Olympian. I forget his name. Uh, uh, a track star. I forget his name. Um, is it Powell, maybe? Maybe Powell? Um, yeah, Mike Powell. They were in the finals together, right? And he, you know, I mean, these guys, Powell was a, a long jumper. Conley was a triple jumper. You can pull this up, man. I don't know what, what, what you're looking at. I'm just reading the comments. Mike Conley. Damn, that was legit. Mike yeah, Jr. didn't get that. Lines. All right, here it is. Conley dunks from behind the free throw line, 100%, man. You can t- take a look at it. There it is. And there, that's it. Foot locker. And there he goes. Takes off behind the free throw line and dunks it. That's the foot locker slam fest. That's my Conley Jr. mom. Now, you watch this. You can pull up. Well, he knocked out a cheerleader. You can pull up. A, Dion does a toss. Ken Griffey Jr. has a slam in this. I'm telling you, man, Chris Carter won it. I think he won it in 1996. Dude, from behind the foul from behind, line. Legit behind, behind the foul line. line. Like, like I said, not on it, not touching it, not a toe on. Like behind. Kate, he looks he looks so surprised too. Yeah, I mean, but you know, you get a little adrenaline. I'm telling you, you gotta watch, man. Griffey on this cool, cool video on this, right? But it, it it's it just shows Actually, it's back then. It was a different time. I don't know if the contracts were different and people were more willing to do this. I don't know what you know what the deal was. But think of what names you'd have to have to have this happen. Today. Like I said, Dion, Griffey, Bonds, right? Michael Irvin, Chris Carter. Irvin, he could dunk too. I mean, you got to watch some videos on this. So, you know, part of it is to bring you guys some stories, not just about my dad, but about things that I watched as a teenager, as a kid. These were huge events. And I will tell you, the 92 Foot Locker Slam Fest was a better event than the NBA dunk competition, which I think was Cedric Sabalos, and he did this stupid, he put a blindfold on that he could clearly see through. It was pretty dumb. Um, but you got to see these guys, I mean, these athletes. Would you like to see one with Julio Jones, Lamar Jackson, like Aaron Jones, like, you know, these, these guys, I mean, uh, Aaron Judge, um, you know, these guys dunking. I don't know 
you know, what it would be, you know, I mean, think of how crazy with social media, you know, it would be an event, right? It'd be nice to see it. So it's just a cool thing, guys. You know, I, I like to bring up stuff for you, you know, that, that you probably didn't even know existed. Probably didn't know Mike Conley's dad was a legit Olympian. And he could ball. He had bunnies, man. He had hops. There was a rumor back then that he was going to sign with the Hawks. And it never actually happened. I'm telling you, in the 90s. Because you do something like this, and it's like, get him out there. Even if only for the dunk competition. Let's get him out there for the spectacle of it. I'm telling you, it is worth, it's worth, um, you know, a 15-minute YouTube session for you guys to pull out some of this film, some of this footage. I bring it up hey. on... Yeah. How would you guys find out about this stuff? Like, would, would you be watching this on TV? Was there? No, this was a main event, man. Like, like it was narrated by like Dick Vitale and Will Chamberlain was a judge and they had like programs. If you went to Foot Locker in the mall, which people did when you want, you want to buy your Jordans, you want to buy shoes, you know, you, you would, would go to the store, to to the store and they'd have, no, you, they, when you were in the store, they would give you a handout. There'd be a flyer. There'd be a poster up about this year's, you know, Foot Locker Slam Fest. You know, you can get tickets to it if you want. They had programs. And you know what I'm about to tell you? I don't think they had it from 92. But if you guys go on eBay, 1991 Foot Locker Slam Fest, they had cards. And there's a Ken Griffey Jr. Slam Dunk card from 1991. There's Bo Jackson, because he was in 91. There's Barry Bonds, right? Go take a look at this set. But here's a cool way. I didn't buy it. Because I love you guys, and maybe maybe Andrew will buy it now because he doesn't go to the same rules that I do, right? <laughs> but, but maybe the first person who downloads this and listens likes it. There's actually a sealed box. Yeah, there's the limited the Foot Locker, 100%. You What a cool, you know, set of cards here. You got – that's 91. It's not the 92 thing I'm talking about, right? But, but in 92, they're there. I'm telling you, right now I saw this, and uh, the cards are cheap. <laughs> Look at this. You, you know who Steve Timmons is? No, look at his haircut, dude. He looks like a dead fella. So I'm pretty sure Timmons was a volleyball Olympian. You can yeah. look him up. Just yeah, there he is. See, we talk about volleyball. I know some volleyball. I'm pretty sure he was a volleyball Olympian. Look so here's the best part, right? Oh my god. And they're they're graded. PSA grades these cards, by the way. But if you go right now, okay, and Andrew, I may have you buy this and we can just give it out to people. I don't care. Or maybe somebody listen by it. If you type in nineteen ninety-one Foot Locker Slam Fest. There is a factory sealed case of 30 sets on eBay right now for $99. It's just 30 complete sets. I mean, you're talking about like, you know, a buck a card here. You know, I mean, it's it's 1991 Foot Locker Slam Fest limited edition factory sealed case of 30 sets. It's, just, it's so, I mean, there's a Bo Jackson, a couple of Bows, PSA 9s, 100 bucks, 140 bucks on, on eBay. Um, you know, there's programs. $299 so what you got there? There's other years of this too, but 1991 Foot Locker, you got the set there, you know. But they, if you go, if you, if you, if, yeah, these are a dollar or two dollars a card that people don't even know about. It's a cool thing. Dollar 25 for Ken Griffey Jr. You buy that card, you don't have to grade it. You put, you know, you put it in your case or when you go to a trade event or, you know, whatever it is you show people, people don't even know this. People don't even know this, this event even happened or that a card like that exists. It really is a, um, you know, an interesting like piece of history that, you know, I'm only talking about because it happens to be today, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the slam dunk contest, but you know, the Heisman trophy winner, Tim Brown was in it. You know, it's, it, it's, there's a lot of these sets on there that $99 one you just found. I mean, I'm looking at one that's five sets for 50 bucks or best offer. I'm looking at one 30 card set sealed, even less $52, right? 30. Card this would be fun to uh, break on whatnot cage. I mean, it's just an interesting, you ever heard of Eric Dickerson, you know, had 2000 yards in a season. He's in this set. And if you want to really get nuts, dude, you can get that Eric Dickerson signed a couple of these. It's like 30 bucks for an 89, 1989 Foot Locker Slam Fest signed Eric Dickerson. And here's a fun one. I mean, it's graded by a crappy company. The 91 set that I'm, I'm, I'm sending to, there's a Will Chamberlain. Well, you know, Will Chamberlain card. He was a judge. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's an interesting, cool little piece of, like, you know, hobby silliness, right? He had 10 factory sets for 30 bucks of 1991. Um... People just don't know this stuff exists. Um, and if you're a Bonds collector, it's oddball. But you probably don't have this card. If you're a Griffey collector, you probably don't have this card, you know? I'm pretty sure Barry Sanders was in it. Um, you know, it's just, it's it's um, it's something that I guarantee 
no other podcast is talking about. But when we get to do these daily shows, you know, it's Christmas. I pull out a Kobe card in, in his Santa outfit, right? You know, it's Valentine's Day. I gave that damn Michael Jordan Valentine that went for like thousands of dollars in a PSA 10 auction recently. You know, we're, we're, we're here, you know, we talk about the different days. Well, it's slam dunk contest day. And I really did want to, you know, make something fun because Andrew yesterday, he had me kind of like off my game a little bit with the whole, what are we going to talk about? What are we going to talk about? You know, there's no sports cage. What are we going to talk about? Let's just look at each other. So I said, I want to bring it today. And you made me, you made me work because I gave my, um, I gave my initial like Cal Ripken one. I wasn't planning on doing that. I was going to put that behind the paywall for our, for our tiger holders only. But we, we gave it away today. You know, it was in the 91 set, Carl Lewis, another Olympic gold medalist. I mean, it's just some cool stuff. You it's know, a collector it's just, item. It's a collector item. Yeah, it's, just, it's, it's different, man. You know, Deion Sanders, Griffey. Look, he's like a kid. You know, he's in the league for a year and a half. He's like a 21-year-old kid. But even if you don't go with the card set, which it's just funny, nice little stroll down memory lane, take a look at this kind of set, maybe, you know, grab a complete set and put it in your collection for a couple bucks. Do yourself a favor, you know, after watching whatever dunks go down tonight, take a look at this. Take a look at the, you know, pull up some footage from, from you know, from, from the 91. The 92 was my favorite one. I, I For some reason, I have a recollection of 92. I think it was because, you know, Conley was a, you know, Olympic jumper. And, you know, the dunk contest in the NBA kind of got a little silly. You know, from 85 to 90, basically, it was Jordan and Wilkins just battling against each other. You know what I mean? Back and forth, who was going to win it? And then it was like D Brown pumping up his shoes. And then I said, Cedric Sabalos put like a, you know, he put like a blindfold on himself of like, it, it, might, it might've been like plastic wrap, saran wrap. You know, you could totally see through it. He was not blindfolded. He would have fallen. He was, but anyway, these were better. <laughs> People don't even know about them. So it's just, you know, something a little different to chat about, you know? So final thing, guys, show, can you do me a favor? So, Brody the Kid. I don't know if you guys know him. We saw him at National. He's one of the younger influencers in the space. We didn't get a chance to meet, but I don't know if you saw Cage. He's been like he's been in the hospital. He hasn't been doing well recently. He just got out and he's feeling better. Show him the power and show him the love of Luca Nation. Brody the Kid One is his Instagram. Go send him some love. Uh, good kid. People speak very highly of him. Um, send him some love. Send him something. What about the, 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 like the kids? The kids in this hobby were the most. Remember the kid we did meet at National, right? We were like, "Where the hell are your parents?" Thirteen-year-old <laughs> quoting every single comp. Yeah, he, he knew his comps by heart. It was pretty crazy. He did. These guys, they know. Are comps stuff. are comps completed sales or comparable sales? Well, it means com comparable sales. Comparable sales, hundred percent. But you would figure every sale has to be completed, so compass Both. you know it's it's any like final said, words it's more like a real estate term like you know comps for houses that have sold in your neighborhood that kind of stuff so it's it's one that's carried over um into into the hobby any final words no i i've had a lot of words um in this one i hope you enjoy it guys i mean you know you don't just have to look at the 91 i mean bo jackson was in it almost every year that dude was a beast um you know he's got baseball cards and football cards um his his he's got an 88 foot locker card that kind of predates his football cards you know he's got baseball cards before but i mean it's just it, it's it's fun stuff so guys let us know what you think about this craziness that i bring on these episodes dumb stories talk about buying foot locker cards you know if, if you want me to not do that you know we'll we'll keep it we'll keep it vanilla we'll keep it here's a card play but i have a feeling you might like this craziness that you only get here um you know i don't want to be preachy but uh, I think we do, you know, something a little different than what anybody else brings here. And, you know, maybe it's because I'm old. I love telling these stories because, I mean, I'll bet you 90% of you guys woke up today and didn't even know this thing existed. And I'm I'm betting you, if you spend 15 minutes on YouTube, you can find this stuff and be like, holy shit, imagine what this would look like today. Right. Think of the athletes, the Olympians that get in it. Right. You know, think of the, you know, the, the other sports that we get in it. You know, I mean, picture like. Ronaldo, Duncan, you know, like maybe, right? Probably not Messi, you know, probably not Messi. He's a little tiny, but maybe, you know, it's Bobby, fun. Duncan. It's I mean, fun. These are the names. Look at these names. Anyway. You think today that people are too worried about injury? Yes. I think their teams are probably too worried about injury also. And they make a lot of money. They, I mean, this was the 80s. I mean, they were making money, but it wasn't that kind of money. 
You know what I mean? Not it was, it was the type of money where like you wanted to go show up and make more money. Now they make so much money they don't need to go show up anywhere and make any more money. Well, I mean, I bet you that if you wanted to take the time and look, well, especially like somebody like Mike Conley, you know, who's an Olympian, they weren't making any money. You know, he was getting whatever money Wheaties would give him for going on a box. But but even the other, I bet you, you know, Griffey Jr. in 1991 is still on his rookie contract. I bet you he wasn't making a ton of money back then and, and winning $50,000 in a slam dunk competition or a $25,000 second prize. I'm like, it's not, I mean, it sounds stupid now with, we, you know, I spent that money on a Ken Griffey Jr. card. You know what I mean? So there's a thing like Ken Griffey Jr.'s out there, you know, buying, you know, it sounds a little silly, but it's a different time. You know, you know, it's 35 years ago. Money was different. So. Are you coming to yeah. culture collision? Ian is working. Ian's working his magic. He was asking if we could walk to Atlanta today during dinner. How long it would take us to walk to Atlanta? Yeah, he's he's working on it. He's working. A long on it. road trips are fun. I'm not driving to Atlanta. Get out I of didn't here. Think Ian suggested it. it wasn't me. Get out of here. Yeah. Is he working on any Legos recently? Any sets? No. Anything you know he, uh, he he presented that Russia you know uh, project this week. Um, there's one kid in his class. I don't know if he's Russian or not, but all about it he's like can ian go i know Ian's not supposed to go today but can he go can he present on that so we told him you know i think this week he's supposed to well they're off from school but next week he's supposed to be able to take that project home what's up buddy you okay he's supposed to take it home we told him why don't you ask your teacher if you can let the kid take it we don't want it you know what i mean like he built it he doesn't want to keep it let, let the, oh the, the cathedral he brought that the into cathedral. school yeah that's part of his project you yeah, you drove him to school with that yeah yeah in like a, he holding in like it on his lap like, how did like, no, I, I, I packed it in like I was packing a, an SGC sub, <laughs> like bubble wrap and stuff. You know? I have a million dollar idea. What oh, if dear. Lego came out and created um, like 50 greatest moments set where like the Michael Jordan Fleer card, that would be a, in the Lego set, but a little three dimensional. Um, I think like, like a cross licensing thing. That would be pretty cool. That'd be pretty cool. Believe it or not, it's funny the, the way your brain goes with that stuff. Like, if I were Leaf or uh, Infinite, you know, whoever it may be, you know, like uh, like Carvin's company, and you can't get a license for, you know, for the, the league or the sport, I wonder if they could go to Foot Locker and pay for a license for these cards, for these pictures, these images. Imagine making a set now, like a throwback dunk set and you'd be able to put a set together that has griffey and bonds and, and deon sanders and all these guys in it today that's licensed you're but you want to buy this set i could i could see it like i could see it in <laughs> I your eyes I, like, I can't believe i don't know it i can't believe i don't own 50 of them already yeah i mean i knew about the competition but before today i did not know about these cards so yeah <laughs> I, will, I will definitely own some, but I, you know, I always give Luke Nation a chance, even though these are a dollar. <laughs> Crazy, right? <laughs> yep, there's enough to go around. But yeah, I mean, it's one of those oddball things, you know. You don't know it's out there, so lots of fun. Hope you enjoyed it, folks. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Now, ah, you know what. Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.